is the Venny White Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. I'm back. Good evening. Nice to be here. I'm back briefly. I'm a little elusive at this time of year because I'm going away again next week. Hard life for some. Not a big fan of the cold, you know. That's why I chose Canada. I, I think I may have been slightly confused. I thought it said Cameroon. Ever so confusing. Um, well, I'm here now, so I might as well settle down and make a life out of it, I say. I've been away in um, Nicaragua. We call it, British people call it Nicaragua because there's a U in it. You call it Nicaragua. Um, but neither of us are right, really. We should probably speak to the Nicaraguans about this. And they call it Nicaragua. So that's where I've been. Um, I got a text from the first text in says, um, how was your time in Africa? See, this is what I mean about the challenged North American geography. You know, I hate to start sounding like almost immediately on the show, becoming immediately British and condescending, but I think that you should know that it's not in Africa. It's just basics. You don't need to know exactly where it is. It's Central America, sandwiched between... Pan- no, nearly got that wrong. <laughs> Actually, I nearly said the wrong one. It's sandwiched between Costa Rica and Honduras. That's where it is. Central American country. Great. I loved it. I had a great time. Uh, who am I and what am I doing? I should probably do that first rather than bang on about my holidays. It's like when the neighbours come over and give you a slideshow and you didn't even ask them. I mean, at least start with an introduction. My name's Vinny. My last name's White. You can follow me on Facebook if you want. You can follow everyone now, can't you, really? It is an inevitability of our modern time. If you want to fulfil your every need, not sexually, then I should go to Facebook and type in Vinnie White. The spelling's rather weird. V-I-N-N-E-Y. White. It's live from Toronto. I can prove it by smashing my head against this desk. Didn't achieve anything, but I thought it was more interesting than uh, knocking on it. Actually, it did achieve something. A little bit of pain. A little bit of pain. Uh, that's how I feel about being back. It's eight minutes past nine as well. There you go. There's proof that it's live and direct from downtown Toronto. And just to prove it even more, because some people think this is pre-recorded and I live in London. There's a, there's a lot of paranoid people that listen to this. Um, just to prove it even more, it's... Actually, is it snowing? It was. It's very white. Here, I'll, I'll do the News Talk 1010 weather. The weather, quite white, was snowing, probably will again. We can't cope. Why? Because we forget that it snows in this country every year. Ottawa, not a problem. Toronto, forget it. Everyone's crashing. The TTC seems to be running okay. I've been, I got on a streetcar earlier. Fantastic experience it was. It went quite fast as well. It's the new John Tory Toronto. Leaner, meaner, faster, and with bigger fines than ever before. Toronto, brought to you by John Tory. Still touting for some voiceover work. Um... But yeah, that was running fine. But I, I, t- I turned the news on this morning and it was like every, every uh, intersection was a mini pile-up. Fender benders. Homophobic. Um, so, yeah, Nicaragua was great. I really enjoyed it. And uh, they, don't, they do everything in extremes there. I'm surprised it doesn't snow in Nicaragua. Everything's extreme and intense. If it snowed in Nicaragua, it would be a blizzard all the time. It's such an intense country. They don't, they don't even do hills. They do volcanoes. And when they do volcanoes, they're alive. And they're spitting. Grr. It's like wrestling nature everywhere you go in Nicaragua. They didn't do anything by house. They don't even do one ocean. We want two. And we want a lake in the middle. Huge. 
And they're going to build a canal. Did you know that? They probably won't. No one believes it, but apparently they're uh, going to build a canal to rival Panama, which will um, hurt Panama's economy. The Chinese are going to build it for the Nicaraguans. I think they're getting a 100-year lease out of it. And they're going to build it from, fairly obviously, I would imagine, unless your geography really is horrific, uh, from uh, (laughs) the Pacific to the Atlantic uh, through a freshwater lake. What could possibly go wrong? Sounds like a great idea. Because every canal that's ever been built in that part of the world has gone swimmingly and to plan. Good luck with that. So, yeah, they don't do hills, they do volcanoes. They don't do ocean, they do two oceans and a lake and perhaps even a a canal and a few lagoons chucked in for uh, good measure. And everything's just a bit insane, you know. You arrive and you think, particularly having come from Canada, which is pretty sane as global countries go, you know, we're pretty organised. We even all park the right way around and things, you know, and in the direction of traffic. There, if you want to park in a tree... Probably no one's going to bat an eyelid. You can honestly, you can do anything. If you ever feel repressed, go to Nicaragua. Want to be gay? Sure. If you want to dance around with another man with a pink vibrator while singing some anti-American song and setting a flag on fire, I honestly don't think anyone would notice. It's amazing, which is exactly why I went. <laughs> that was Freudian, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, I had a great time. I had no idea I was a homosexual. Um, no, they, they, it's funny. They, they ride the school buses, you know, all the school buses that they make here in, in the States. As soon as they get a bit battered, they sell them to South and Central America, which isn't fair, but it's the way things are. And just when you've got used to the idea of them, you know, because they get in and out of the emergency exit on the back, which you never even see open in this country, but that's just like life for them. They just get in and out of the buses any way they like. If you want to get on the back, get on the back. And just when you've got your head around that, they're riding the roof as well. You know, I love that. I love it. It's organised chaos. I'm sure there are some terrible um, things that happen when it comes to the traffic because most people are drunk and, well, certainly at night. You do, do not drive in Nicaragua at night. It's insane. I, I witnessed for the first time I've ever seen this, actually, and I've travelled quite well. I witnessed for the first time, not only do they not observe traffic lights at night, they don't mean anything at night. I don't mean much in the day, to be honest, but they mean absolutely nothing at night. I witnessed at one intersection in the capital, Managua, not only did someone go straight through a red light, but the guy that had the green light stopped. They did the opposite of what they should do. It's a beautiful thing. That sort of thing happens a lot in Nicaragua. And everything's just crazy and vibrant. Even the plant life is insane. There's the bougainvillea which is so purple, even interior designers think it's a bit much. It's insane down there. But I had a great time, slightly ruined by Americans, you know. I mean, historically speaking, and uh, on a holiday. Um, oh, I, should, I haven't done the text, and texts are coming in. I should have done this, really. Um, would you like to text the show? Anything you like. We'll see where we go. I mean, we're gonna, I'm going to be on for an hour. We're going to talk about wearable technology. We're going to talk about uh, my plane ride and stuff. Also, we're going to talk about do you like Toronto, but we'll open that can of worms later. But you can text the show on 71010. You can call the show on 416-872-1010. And uh, you can also do the star talk thing. So if you type star and then talk, 8255, on your cell phone, you'll get through to um, a beautiful bald man who I have missed dearly. And uh, Thank you. Oh, I wasn't talking about you. Oh, man. <laughs> No, I missed you dearly. In fact, I was driving around on my motorbike in um, Nicaragua and 
on a Sunday evening, knowing that I should be doing this show, I um, I got I got a coconut and just skinned it and put it on the front of the bike and called it Elliot. That that is an accurate depiction. Mm. Of, uh, you are nutty. My yeah, that's true. No, there's eccentricities and then the the baldness. Mm. I popped a pair of glasses on it. I hope they were rectangular lenses. And they were, yeah. And um, I I made it efficient, polite, but every now and then I made it press the wrong button. Yeah, that sounds about. Yeah, that's accurate. Yeah, that's true to life. So um, it's just the little details that you have to get in. You see. So anyway, he's here and he'll answer the phone. He being Elliot, by the way, a beautiful bald-headed man. Someone told me that you could call it a solar panel for a sex machine. The baldness. You know, so true. It's, it takes that terrible loss of hair that you've suffered through your life and turns that frown very much upside down, doesn't it? This is actually the, my, the best haircut I've ever had. <laughs> I, I, was, I was quite annoyed to have to style my hair all the time. Do you ever get it at the sides? I've, I've only ever seen the complete egg sheen. What's that? The, 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 uh, do you get a bit of growth, like Breaking Bad style, a little bit on the sides of hair or not? Oh, yeah, no, it's all, yeah, that's, that's the classic, uh, yeah. And it's, you just whip that straight off, do you? I can do that. I can comb it over, uh, fashion a beard out of it, a secondary beard. Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but could you grow, if you did grow it, yeah. would, what would be missing? Uh, the the top portion, mm. the top strip, mm. so to speak. Ever thought of a toupee? Uh, I, you know, maybe I just haven't found the right one yet. Uh, mm. You know, you never know who you're going to meet and uh, what sort of products are out there. I always feel sorry for people that wear toupees, unless you're on a witness protection program. Yeah. There must be a day when yeah. you go into the office with your toupee on. Yeah, and I don't know how you handle it because you might, if you work for a sort of government agency, then you probably don't say anything, and then everyone's yeah. going to talk about you. <laughs> I personally would say, "All right, lads, have a look, yeah, have yeah. a laugh, and yeah. we'll just move on." Yes, you know what I mean. That's I would I do it almost literally head on. And then the windy days are also difficult. I it, should imagine. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Carpet glue, I hear, is the best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're listening to the hairline um, here on News Talk 1010. If you have a hair situation and no one else can help, then I'm your man. No, I don't know how that came up. Um, but what have we got so far? Vinny, glad to hear you're back, even if temporarily. You're my favourite comic on 10. 10. Am I a comic? I think that's quite flattering. It also puts me on enormous pressure to actually be funny. So let's not, let's not describe me as that, because then I have to deliver. Bullard is number two. Favourite topic, when you make fun of an American. Well, <laughs> this is the show for you <laughs> because that's what I'm going to do for the next hour. And I'm not even joking. Well, I, apparently I am. Um, yeah. I, you know what? Nicaragua was ruined by Americans. Got to be honest. I was, I'm really, it's really interesting you talked about this. If you're listening in the United States, by the way, um, I know that you hold a terrible grudge to people that um, have a dislike for you and you're not very good at taking a joke. So if you wouldn't mind not sending any chemical weapons this way, that would be lovely. But I, I, I know it's terribly tempting. But I, I have to say that you have ruined Nicaragua. First of all, you did it in a political way, in the sense that you funded a civil war and completely bollocked up the whole place and made it stupendously behind uh, the country to the south, Costa Rica. You also built um, training camps in Honduras where you train people to then go in and uh, kill people, which you're jolly good at in the Middle East. Well done. Keep that up. Um, so that's one of the things you did. When, you, when I say, like, if you're listening in America, I don't mean you personally. And you're probably a little bit against your crazy government anyway, so you're on my side, really. But um, I find the most annoying thing about Americans in Nicaragua is 
I don't know why, but they seem to think it's theirs. So I'll give you an example. I was down there. I should, I was mostly down there on vacation, um, but I know a few people down there now, and I've become a little bit of a. I don't know. I don't know if I should put. Um, I don't want to say local celebrity, but I just did. <laughs> so obviously I do. Um, but I, I know I want to say I don't know man about town. Yeah. So I know there's a small town there, and I go there and hang out a lot, right? And it's quite it's reasonably touristy. As Nicaragua goes, it's not a touristy place, but but this is. And um, because I know a few people in the town now, I keep getting invited to things. So I got invited to this millionaire's mansion. So I went to this mansion up a hill overlooking the ocean, and it was so beautiful. It was. Have you ever seen something that's so beautiful? You think I I actually don't know if I can cope. It was like it was absolutely, it was preposterously, annoyingly beautiful. Because Labour's cheap, so they've got full-time gardeners and they've got an infinity pool that looks over the Pacific Ocean. And the sun was setting and it was and there was a lot of beautiful people with bikinis wandering around. I wasn't one of them. And it was so beautiful in every sense that it was it almost didn't particularly when I live in, in Canada, in Toronto, which is not, I mean, let's be honest, it's not the most beautiful month here, is it? Come on particularly the slushy stuff. So there's a sort of part of me that thinks I shouldn't even be here. I should be walking around miserable in the slush. And here, because I am I do give myself a terribly hard time. I'm not very good at having fun. That's why I'm such a miserable bastard. And I was thinking, you know, overlooking this thing, I almost felt guilty just how beautiful it is. And the owners of the house are American. Now, slowly but surely, Nicaragua is turning arguably a little bit into Costa Rica in that it's getting a lot of foreign investment and it's got a reasonably stable government few questionable antics but generally speaking it's not as crazy as it used to be with the sandinistas and civil war and all the crap that america stirred up in the first instance when they you know you remember in the days when america used to say don't like him let's put him in instead it's not your country (laughs) never stopped us before that tactic you know again see middle east um so they've um they own this house these two americans and they were texans now i don't know texans are they american they can't that's its own planet isn't it really and they, I think if it wasn't for the fact that I really sort of had this um, appreciation for the fact they'd asked me to their place, I think I would have punched them in the face. I, I've never been so angered by the conversation. If you choose to build a really stupendously obnoxious house that's worth $2 million on the Pacific Ocean in Nicaragua, you should probably bear in mind that you're not, in the States. Now, $2 million mansion, which is what this was, is inconceivable in Nicaragua. I mean, it's just, it just, what? There's only like, I don't know, 20 of them in the whole country. Maybe a few more. And um, so it's, you know, this is a country that the average income is, uh, salary for an average Nicaraguan is $3,500 a year. So to build a $2 million mansion is already quite obnoxious and it's really big and garish and white. And obviously, if it was, if you can imagine this being California, it'd be worth, I don't know, a hundred million. And um, she said, she just said to me, she said, yeah, it's kind of awesome here. I like it. Hang on. That's not my Texan accent. Remind Can I have a, you know, like musicians ask for a quick key. I can't remember Texan. How does Texan go? Uh, it's a bit more with a draw. Oh, there. it's a draw going on. Is that right? Oh, that's right, because she was female and then went a bit like this. Actually, is that too deep south? Or is that is that like Georgia? 
Uh, yeah, it might be. I haven't done enough traveling down there. Dave, to know. Dave, you banging a Dave? You here? Can you hear me, buddy? Sugar pants. Pop yourself on that microphone. This is Dave. He's doing a show later on. He comes in to witness this. Well, um, Vinny, when I lived in England, uh, they used to uh, they used to say to me, "While watcher there, Eddie, you sure are tall in the saddle." That's as close as I get. When you lived in England, but they used the word watcher. When you lived I, in England, there were Texans there. Dave. Yes. When you lived in England, there were Texans there. No. My fellow students in the school where we all wore little uniforms, because I was American, said to use their best British accent to talk to me. So they'd say, well, watcher there, Eddie. You sure are tall in the saddle. I, I, but it had a British overtone, so it, it's beyond my accent abilities. I'm sorry. Uh, sorry. Are you trying to do a British person doing you? Yeah. In, in a Texan accent. So. <laughs> It's it's outside the comfort zone of my skill set, Vinny. I'm sorry. I, I, I give think, it my best shot. Yeah, I think it's outside the comfort zone of anyone's skill set. But can you just remind me how a Texan accent should go, an actual Texan accent? Oh, you sure are tall in the saddle. Something like that. Yeah, it's more, more of a little draw. Bit. Okay, thanks. Yeah, yeah. So she said, you know what upsets me? Forgive me, it's not going to be great, but, you know, I'll have a bash. Um, you know what upsets me about living here is when I go down to the market, and we go down there every other day, I got to put up with the locals and they're driving. Well, then don't move here, then. I've got to put up with the locals. Well, that's like the, that's like the English colonialists in India. Uh, terribly frightful-looking people here, aren't they, that we seem to have found ourselves up against? What? Yeah, when you walked into their country, yeah. So we got to put up with the locals and they're crazy driving. Well, then don't move to Nicaragua. And then I was, so I sort of bit my tongue and didn't say anything because I was thinking, I'm in your house and you are giving me free beer. Oh, no. Actually, that's another thing. It wasn't free beer. She it wasn't free beer. I phoned them, not knowing them, and said, I'm just coming over. Do you want me to pick up some beers? Thinking they'll say, no, don't worry about it. We live in a $2 million mansion and beer's a dollar a pop and you're arriving on a motorbike, so it's probably going to be awkward. And they said, yeah, actually, can you bring 12 beers? Sure. All right, then. You're all right with your millions. I know you should always bring a gift, but not beer. I'd love a bottle of rum. Much easier to carry. So I arrived with beer, which they drank most of. They didn't have any booze. Who has a $2 million house in Nicaragua and doesn't have any booze and waits for me to arrive? Some scavvy old backpacker on a crappy Honda. What am I? Felt like your little scavvy. So I turned up and she was talking about how, um, as I say, she didn't like the market because the locals are there. <laughs> I think the word's racist. And then she said, um, you know what really upsets me? And I thought, I'll tell you what really upsets me. People that move to a beautiful paradise in winter and moan. But I said, no, tell me in that way. That's You know, when you say no, tell me, but you think most people that know me will know that I have no interest. But she's American, so she won't see the subtlety. So indeed she didn't. And she told me. She said, what really upsets me is the noise of the birds. Now, the birds in Nicaragua, much like much of Central America, are very loud. And some of them sound a bit like a car alarm. And I suppose, if you're trying to sleep, um, it might be irritating. But I try to sleep every night and quite often during the day, little siesta. And you just think, well, I'm in a hammock. It's 28 degrees. I've just had a cold beer. Fish tacos are $3. And there's a woman in a bikini. Yes, the bird's quite loud. But really, looking at it, it's all right. 
So I said, yeah, I mean, they can be a bit annoying. And she said this, and I swear I'm not making this up. I find this quite inconceivable. She said, you know what we do? Pointing to her and her husband. We went down the market the other day, had to put up with the locals. We went through it and they're crazy driving. And we got ourselves a catapult. So now what I do when I'm trying to have a rest and the birds are going off, I just shoot them. Brilliant. So you're racist, or certainly borderline, being generous, and you shoot wildlife. Birds, by the way, that would have quite happily been living on that rocky peninsula where you arrogantly chose to build your house, and now you shoot them with a, catap- with a catapult. I said, what do you use? She said, pretty big rocks. But they keep coming back. I wish she wouldn't. Um... So that was difficult. And then the other one, there was a house down the road. I got invited to another party. That was much better. It was the bloke that wrote My Girl. You know the song, My Girl? Talking about my girl. He's been dining out on that ever since. He bought a house in Nicaragua. He just lives down there. He was a great laugh. He balanced it up, actually. He was a great American. You know what? There's diamonds in the rough. But my most irritating factor about Americans in Nicaragua and most other places is when... um, I don't know why you think it's all right to talk about accents down there as if it's America. So quite a lot of people are like, oh, my God, you got a different accent. Well, so have you compared to around here. This isn't like, that's weird. And there's like, I don't know, 30% of the people there are British. So it's not that weird. And, um, and I got stuck on the plane with a woman like that on the way back. And she insisted on talking about my accent um, for an hour until I eventually put my headphones in and watched Titanic. Yeah, I mean, you know a conversation's bad when Titanic is better. <laughs> Actually, the, the conversation was so bad, the Titanic experience, in reality, would have been better. Yeah, she was driving me mad. And she said, um, she started off the whole conversation with um, just, oh, I like your accent, because I said something to the air hostess, or steward, as they're politically correctly called. And she said, I like your accent when you're home. Don't don't tell me. Let me guess. London. Don't tell me. Let me guess. Is it like Australia? London. London. Or is it New Zealand? London. Is it New Zealand? No, it's London. Dublin? No, it's London. Why? I, I honestly, you guys, I don't know what you're saying. So in the first time in history, I've never done this. <laughs> I reached into my back pocket and got my passport and just gave it to her. <laughs> it says on the front. <laughs> Um, what does it say? The United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland. And she said, that's a lot of countries. <laughs> God bless her. Not the quickest of cats, are they? So um, I found a cut and keep handy guide on British accents. Well, actually, Elliot did. I told you, he's a bald-headed masterpiece of a man. And he came to me earlier and he said, you should, you should listen to this. And I wonder if this will help out some Americans. So a couple of bits of advice before we play this. First of all, if you don't know where someone's from, just say where you're from, if you're interested. Don't guess. You'll never get it right. If you insist on guessing, 64 million people live in the United Kingdom, 32 million people live in Canada, and even less, I think it's something like 28 million people live in Australia, and there's like four or five million Kiwis. So if you don't know, and you really insist on guessing, and you really shouldn't, Guess the United Kingdom, because you're going to have more of a chance, all right? But, but just don't worry about it, because anyone that has got an accent and lives in someone else's country or is travelling through someone else's isn't interested in the conversation. Also, the compliment, I like your accent, isn't really a compliment after 10 years of living here. It's just boring. It's just words. And I'm not saying that because I'm a grumpy bastard, although I am a grumpy bastard. I'm just saying it because it's just dull. Like, why don't you talk about... I'd actually rather talk about the weather. 
That's saying something. I'd rather hear that you catapulted birds than listen to you talk about how you like my accent. And then um, from there on in, you have to appreciate that there are, of course, a multitude of different British accents. So that's why sometimes you might have accidentally guessed it wrong. And if you do get it wrong, so if you haven't obeyed any of those rules and you're American and you really annoyed someone by sitting next to the plane, demanding basically to see their passport and calling them Australian and then saying this, this is what she said, are you sure you're not Australian? Hang on, let me have a think about it. I don't remember growing up with barbecues and surfing, but I do get drunk every now and then and it gets a bit cloudy. Do you know what? You might be right. You might be right. So that's that. Should probably do an ad break, but first of all, um, let's give everyone a lesson on the multitude of different British accents. This was uh, an audio file that's found by the genius, the beautiful masterpiece of a man, Elliot. The UK is incredibly diverse in terms of accents, and it just so happens that I can do many of these accents as my party trick. So come with me as I take you on a guided tour through all of the accents and archetypes of Great Britain. Hi, I'm Siobhan Thompson, and this is Anglophenia. And what I'm speaking right now is RP, Received Pronunciation, or, you know, your standard BBC English. It's spoken across the country, generally by middle, upper middle, and upper class people. Think of Martin Freeman, Benedict Cumberbatch, or, you know, most of the presenters of BBC News. So, good evening. It's nine o'clock, and this is the news. I'm very important. Heightened RP is generally only spoken on film and television now. So you're going to think of Nell Card or the Dowager Countess in Downton Abbey. Oh, Gerald, I do love you, but you're so terribly, terribly poor. Now, London is the accent that most people outside of Britain can recognise. You know, that classic lock, stock and two smoking barrels. Go out of my pub. Go on, go out of it. Shut it, you tart. East Anglia is a flat, boggy kind of place with a flat, boggy kind of accent. I love to give you an example of somebody that comes from there that speaks like this, but they all lose this accent as soon as they can. Stephen Fry's from Norfolk, but he doesn't speak like this because he's posh. Here's a kind of classic kind of East Anglia phrase. I done dropped my computer in the fan and it's broken. Now let's go across the island to the West Country, which is a much rounder sound. It's farmland full of sheep and cows and apples. Think of like Sam Ganji from The Lord of the Rings or Hagrid from the Harry Potter movies. Oh, you bloody kids, get off my land! Or, oh, Mr. Frodo, don't let him turn me into anything unnatural. And then when you go down to Cornwall, it gets a little bit more piratey. So, hoist the mizzen mast, Squire Trelawney. Now, Southern Welsh is this great sing-songy kind of an accent. Think of Tom Jones or Richard Burton. You know, rage, rage against the dying of the light. Bloody hell, I love Dylan Thomas. Northern Welsh is where the singer Duffy is from. It's a breathier, thicker kind of an accent. And most people from there speak Welsh at home and English is a second language. So, you know, diolch now cross the country to the West Midlands and Birmingham. It's a very nice kind of an accent, mostly on account of all the industry that went on in that area. Cat Daly, who presents So You Think You Can Dance, is from there. And so is Ozzy Osbourne, you know. Sharon, where's the bloody remote? Yeah, that voice that he does isn't because of drugs, it's just where he's from. Scouse is your classic Liverpool accent. The Beatles are from there and so is Paul McGann. They were also made European capital of culture a couple of years ago by the EU, so don't tell me they're not cultured, all right? 
up into Lancashire and, you know, think of Christopher Eccleston or most of the cast of the Downstairs in Downton Abbey. Daisy, get those buns out the oven before they burn. Oh, Mr Bates. So, across the Pennines to Yorkshire, it's a much kind of flatter accent from Lancashire and they cut off a lot of the words. So, I'm going to pub up hill. Think of Sean Bean from Lord of the Rings or Game of Thrones. One does not simply walk into Mordor. So in Northumberland and Newcastle, he's speaking a Geordie accent. So, you know, think of the Geordie Shore or Carol Cole. Remember, she got fired from the X Factor because nobody could understand a word she was saying. Or Billy Elliot. All I want to do is dance Bally, but me dad makes me box. Edinburgh's the capital of Scotland. It's a very soft, maybe a little snooty kind of an accent. Think of Ewan McGregor or Dame Maggie Smith as Professor McGonagall. That's ten points taken from Gryffindor, Mr Porter. Glasgow is a much thicker kind of an accent. Billy Connolly and Peter Capaldi are both from there. They cut off a lot of the words, so uh, I haven't any butter, so I've got to go to the shop, you know. And so up to the very north, to the highlands of Scotland. Think of Amy Pond from Doctor Who. Or maybe Sir Robert Burns. The best laid plans of mice and men gang after glee. Now let's go to Northern Ireland and it's all about the vowels with the Northern Irish accent like. So like, how now, brown cow? Liam Neeson is from there. I've got a very particular set of skills. I know he doesn't say it in that accent in the movie, but it sounds well cool, so like... And finally, Southern Ireland is obviously not a part of the United Kingdom, but I can do a Dublin accent, so let's just do it. Uh, it's a pretty classic Irish accent with a lot of assonance to it. So Sinead O'Connor is from there. Nothing compares. Nothing compares to you. Beautiful. Thank you so much. What's her name, that woman? Oh, she goes by uh, Anglophenia on YouTube. I think her real name is Siobhan. Ah, uh, Siobhan. Very good. We like her. Um... So I'm just missing a Texan accent, and I was wondering if you could phone in if you're Texan, because I need I need to hear it properly, and also I need you to um, explain what happened. What happened there? You had this big country, and uh, then that bit did did everyone stupid move there? What what happened? <laughs> if you <laughs> if you're Texan, you're probably very motivated to call in. Call in now and explain what happened, Texas. Is it wrong? It feels it. That's the slogan, actually, on the uh, on the license plates. Texas. Should we be here? <laughs> Technically, I think it used to be part of Mexico as well. So the answer is no. Um, four one six eight seven two ten ten. If you're Texan, it's a very racist show, isn't it? I'm I'm literally filtering for the people that I want. I want no one else but Texans. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk about other stuff. I don't know if I'm going to do this. Um, I've read this thing that says we're saying are less and um more. Uh, hmm. So I, I might do that, but that does sound a bit boring. Um, but one thing that isn't boring that we're going to talk about is wearables. Wearable technology. Apparently this has exploded here in Canada, particularly in Toronto, actually. Um, there was fairly recently a... Uh, a conference for wearable technology. So we'll be investigating what people are wearing and how it helps them. And can you have an orgasm on a train? And is it legal with the aid of wearable technology clothing? Probably already happening in Japan. They love all that.
And is it wrong? And the answer is yes. All that coming up on News Talk 1010. This is the Venny White Show on In Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Yeah, normally I call this show Vinny's Views on this week's news because it's my views on the news. That's fairly self-explanatory, really. But I don't think we should call it that this week because I'm not really talking much about news. And there's a good reason for that. I've been away for the last few weeks and um, I'm actually... I'm, I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm, a, I'm an absolute news junkie and I'm kind of obsessed about it. I'm the guy that reads it in bed whilst making love. And um, particularly the really tragic stuff. That really gets me going. No, I'm, I'm the guy that I usually... I've got a, a few news apps on my phone. And before bed, I usually read quite a lot of news. And working, you know, in talk radio, it's, you know, you kind of have to know the news. And it's pretty good if you're interested in it as well. Um, so I normally have quite strong opinions about the news, and I certainly follow it very intensely. But I went down to Nicaragua... Um, it's probably about two and a half weeks ago when I arrived, and... Um, I was quite interested in that, I, first of all, my Spanish is terrible. Secondly, I didn't have access to a television. And thirdly, much like any holiday destination in the world, no one was talking about the news. And some of my friends down there who live there, and one of them's a realtor and a few other people do various things, like one runs a bar. It's a tough life, I tell you. Um, there's one girl down there that, that, that uh, runs a guest house. She hasn't worn shoes for three years. Flip-flops every day for three years. That's what life's like down there. And we sat around one night, and as always, I ended up talking about the news. But it didn't last long because no one watches the news. And so much so that all three of the people at the table, who are quite intelligent, well-travelled people, had never heard of ISIS. I, I just I couldn't compute it. I just I didn't know that that was possible. I didn't know you could do that. So I set myself a challenge. I thought, these people are so happy and they don't know what's going on in the news, don't look at any news for the next uh, two weeks. So I haven't, I've deliberately not looked at any news. And uh, in case you didn't know, ignorance is bliss. I have absolutely no idea what's going on. And it's great. I've never been so happy in my life. The last thing I heard was all that shenanigans in France with the terrorists. And uh, here I am on News Talk Radio, and I'm going to confess, I have absolutely no idea what's happened since then which is mind-numbingly naive and uh, ignorant in some sense. But also, it's a really interesting experiment because I've never done this and I've never even thought about doing it. And as much as I love the news and I love being current and it was torturous not knowing what was going on at first, I don't really care anymore. So I've sort of become like them. Oh, don't worry, I'll get back into it. I'm, otherwise, this show is going to be pretty mundane. It'll just be me talking about holiday adventures that I once had. On News Talk 1010, Holiday Talk 1010, all your vacation stories. Perhaps we could talk about cats. Yeah, it's going to be pretty dull, so don't worry about it. I will get back to the news. But right now, I have to say, it's great. Have I missed anything? Is there anything? Is there anything? I mean, it's really weird. I have no idea what's going on. Has it been a big news couple of weeks, Elliot? Don't tell me what's happened. I don't, I don't want to spoil spoiler alert. Well, uh, people have died, I will say that. They do that, though, don't they? Yeah. They always do that. Predictably, that's happened. Is there a bit of war? Uh, there are armed conflicts in progress in many parts of the world, okay. yes. Okay, uh, let's not go into any more detail than that, otherwise yeah. I'll actually know the news. <laughs> yeah. Um, anything else that I should know about that you're not going to tell me about because I don't want to know about it? 
Uh, I'm trying to think. Armed conflicts, uh, the death thing. Famine? Yeah, I believe that that's probably going on, yeah. Adverse weather? Yeah, and imagine a tornado. Oh, actually, no. Uh, yeah, other, adverse weather conditions, yes. Okay, so same business plane, as usual, is plane it? Plane issues, planes uh, not landing properly. Terrorists? Yep. Okay. Yep. So, is it fair to say it's all the same? Yeah, it's like, it's yeah, we're, we, there's still problems. Yeah. <laughs> There's still problems out there. And that's why we're the number one news talk station in Canada. Yeah. Imagine if they've just tuned in. They're like, you know what? I'm going to catch up on the news. No <laughs> idea, mate. Don't know. Proud of it. <laughs> I'm away next week as well. I'm going skiing next week. So I know it's ridiculous, isn't it? I love this time of year. It's when I do all my vacation. Um, so I've decided I'm not going to follow any news until I'm back. So that'll be nearly a month without news. So um, terrible radio show, but bloody interesting for me. Now, one thing I did uh, catch up on is wearables, and that's what we'll talk about now. Wearable technology, ladies and gentlemen. Um, this week in Toronto, this one thing I do know about, uh, there was a We Are Wearables. It's one of the largest wearable tech meetups of its kind in the world, gathering hundreds of attendees at the Mars building um, to explore the experience uh, of new products and developments. Uh, a recent report by IDC Canada, a market intelligence network, looked at the Canadian wearables market um, in the last four years and predicted that while the sector is in its infancy, we can expect to see hockey stick growth in the next five years. Is that because of the curve at the end of the stick? I've never heard that. That's so Canadian. <laughs> How's business? It's gone hockey stick recently. Is it? Uh... <laughs> so, so Canadian. Anyway, you can put a hockey stick, you do it, don't you? What happens when it's a really complicated graph? Well, it's gone. It's gone moose antlers recently. Tell you, Whew. moose antler growth. Anyway, um, the sector, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, right? Wearables is just any tech and gadgetry that you can wear. Simple as that. So, like you know, stupid watches and stuff like that. I think that's the technical term. Um, a recent report by Juniper Research reveals that retail revenue from wearable tech could reach 19 billion worldwide by 2018. Up lots. Hockey stick growth. And uh, while Toronto's specific data isn't yet available, it seems that you can't throw away, throw a stone in this city without landing on a wearable tech startup. Yeah, it's really big here in Toronto, actually. And, and as I say, there's probably quite a lot of money in it. Now, many of the Toronto startups are moving well beyond the typical wristband gadgetry. It's all going to get a bit Inspector Gadget, actually, this week. Uh, eSight is digital eyewear, and uh, it's a company that in, it, it literally enables the blind to see. I don't know how, but uh, that's what it does. No idea how. Um, Helix, that's another company, Toronto-based, leverages 3D printing to sculpt orthopedic braces. So you can print bits and bobs to pop on and pop in and pop up. Uh, Muse, another company, Toronto-based, uses brainwave sensing technologies to allow its users to activate tech with their minds. So you can think, like, I could turn this, if I could just think about it, I could just turn this microphone off and halfway through the center. Forgot how to turn it on. That was a bit scary, actually. That didn't work very well at all. Um, <laughs> this radio show got a lot quieter for a minute there. Um, but yeah, so, and... In theory, you can now think what you want to happen in theory. And I do mean in theory, not in practice yet. Um, and it will happen. Which is, I think it's the last thing we need. I can't even cope with the touchless toilets here. It's ridiculous. 
It, it thinks it knows when you've left the toilet and flushes. It should be called a bum wash. That's all it does. It goes off whenever it wants. And you, see, you never move. You don't move. And it just, how many times have you been caught short on that, Elliot? Have you had it? What's that? When you're having a, a gentleman's time and um, the toilet flushes on you here in the building. Yes, it is surprising. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I've never understood it. So the last thing we need is brainwave sensing technology to be able to control our gadgets. My thoughts are often so untogether, I'll be turning off my fridge when I'm trying to start an electric toothbrush. Uh, among the wearable tech companies putting Toronto on the map is Muse, a brain-sensing headband promising to bring mind control to the masses. Listen, I was in a restaurant last night. Mind control's already in the masses. People can't have a conversation anymore. It's ridiculous, and it's bloody rude as well. There was a fellow next to me playing his girlfriend cat videos. Cat videos? How many are there? And at what point do you think, right, I've taken her out, I've bought her a meal, I've run out of conversation, I'll pop out a cat video. I have to, I'm the fellow that has to listen to it next to you. And the worst thing is she was actually genuinely amused. There's some very simple people here. Um, and everywhere for that matter. So that's happening. A brain-sensing headband promising to bring mind control to the masses. Welcome to the future. Because conversations are so last year. Apparently, this sleek device sits on your brow and trains your brain for mindfulness through guided exercises interfaced with your smartphone or tablet. I don't know what that means. What does that mean? A sleek device that sits on your brow and trains your brain for mindfulness through guided exercise interfaced with a smartphone or tablet. Get a book and do some yoga. I don't want it. I don't want to wear anything. Literally, I'm German. Um, what else is there? With the constellation of wearable tech in Toronto right now, we're making waves all over the world, says the CEO and co-founder of that company, Muse. He goes on to say, oh, sorry, it's a she. She has travelled extensively promoting her product and uh, describes being in Asia and having people recognise not only Muse, but also talking about Toronto as a wearable tech hub. Whenever I go to Silicon Valley, she says, everybody is talking about Toronto and wearable tech. Yeah, a lot of people are talking about Kim Kardashian. That doesn't mean that Kim Kardashian is a good idea for the world. So apparently everything's coming on. Uh, smart heated clothing is the only one that interests me. That would be nice. I'll give you that. If you could be walking down the street and think I'm going to die, which is very often the case at this time of year here in Toronto, and I'm so cold, it's unbelievable, and you could trigger thinking warm thoughts and then your jacket heats up. All right, I'll have one of them. Um, fitness tracking device for weightlifting. Tactile audio technology adds physical dimension to your music. It's bad enough sitting on the bus next to someone listening to a Walkman. Now they're going to be doing a dance. When we come back, we'll take another little topic right here on News Talk 1010. You're tuned in to The Vinnie White Show on In-Depth Radio, News, News Talk 1010. You can download this show and take it with you and share it and hold it close and perform sexual acts to it. I mean, there's a lot of things you can do to it that I wouldn't recommend doing, but I'm just saying it's a free country, you can do what you want. If you want to download it and do anything to it, um, you can do so at vinniewhite.co.uk. V-I-N-N-E-Y White. Actually, there's a link on News Talk 1010. That's a lot easier. Just just find me on that and click on click on my little face. 
Um, I want to thank the Texans that called in. None of them wanted to come on air, and I couldn't force them, but a couple of Texans called in and said, this is what a Texan accent sounds like, which I'm sort of undermining by impersonating them. Not very well. And then someone said, what was that cartoon, Elliot? What was the one? Sorry, mate. I'm putting him through the motion. Oh, uh, you mean King of the Hill? Yeah, is that it? Yes. Can you play me a clip of that? Yes, this is Boomhauer from King of the Hill. All right, then. I'll tell you what you do. You just take them dang old spark plugs out in that little hole. You just put a little hole around there, just like Bobby Hunter said. It's like it'd go boom, boom, just like that. I've been calling y'all people better than a month now. I grab back y'all every time that dang old dog crossed the street. Started yapping at y'all 24 hours a day, and nobody answered. You called, how are you supposed to come out to do anything about that dog if you're just going to get a dang old computer and go come over here and just shut that dang old dog up? Sir, do you know anything about this? Yeah, man, I'll tell you what, dude, one of them snipe hunts last night, man, with them sticks and the bag and them whack, whack, man, we'd go woo-loo, talking about that <laughs> big mistake, y'all, right there in that cooler. Oh, wait, man, I did this. It ain't gonna work out, man. These little gals come around here, they just that flat out no, man. Thanks, Boomhauer. Let's go. Uh, dang old women from Mars, man. I'll tell you what. <laughs> so, Hank, That's man, enough. I... <laughs> get the general idea. By which I mean, I don't get the general idea because I didn't understand most of it. We should do the whole show like that, shouldn't we? But do a really, like, really topical, informative news show. Coming up, we're going to talk about the diplomatic situation in Zimbabwe, Robert Mugabe. We're going to get to the bones of all that's going on in democracy and things like that. It's not that bad, is it? I've got, I've been working on it. Do you know the sad truth is, 10 years of living here, can't do Canadian. Can't do them. Physically, as well as uh, accently. Um, so, shall we finish with this? I always like, I mean, we've given a good slap to the Americans, but why not? Let's finish up on this news out of America. Uh, street sweeper, police chase. It's a beautiful thing. He just wanted some candy. According to the New York Post this week, that's what a drunk Brooklyn man told authorities after leading them on a thrilling five-minute, 35 miles an hour street sweeper chase. <laughs> he works for a company doing this and he has no licence, the police source told the paper. He said he was going to buy candy and got lost. Yes, 48-year-old Jerry Mitchell's altered sense of direction might explain why cops found the street cleaner in Nassau County, some 20 miles away from Brooklyn Mall, where employees reportedly saw him doing donuts earlier that evening. Uh, Mitchell was hammered and now faces charges of aggravated DWI and uh, unlicensed operation. It is not known whether he could find candy. Travesty. Travesty. Oh, bless you, America. You are a wonderful thing. I don't know what we'd do without you. We'd probably be fine. But, you know, I like to make you feel important. Um, I won't. Actually, I will be in America, having said all of this. If they'll let me in, I'll be there next week. I'm going to New Hampshire skiing. Um, so I'm having another week off. Then I promise I'll come back and do some proper radio. And I'll even follow the news. I'll pull my socks up, I'll make a terribly big effort, and I'll be all shiny, new and impressive. I promise you, Mum, I'll do my best. See you later.